Hey guys and gals, Grimy and Derek here. It's the season of giving, and before we get into tonight's episode, we'd like to remind you quickly, if you're into our show, give us a rating, wherever you're listening to us from. And subscribe on your preferred listening platform to be the first to hear our newest episodes. And while you're scrolling on your phone, be sure to check out our socials, at Leftover Pizza Podcast on Instagram and TikTok, Leftover Pizza Club on Twitter, and the Leftover Pizza Club group on Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel, Leftover Pizza Club, there. Also, if you want even more content, you can check out our nostalgic articles, junk food reviews, and... Even visit our merch shop, where we periodically release limited drops, and that's at leftoverpizzaclub.com. And with that, we hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is maddening. I can't take it anymore, Igor. Everyone always talks about how great having minions is, but these two are driving me nuts! It wouldn't be so bad if they didn't just sit around all day making fake podcasts. They're not even recording! Welcome back to our 54th Halloween Bash episode. We've got some great picks for you tonight. Ha ha ha. That's right, Grimy. These Halloween episodes never get old. Boy, am I excited to dig into tonight's show. Ugh! I can't take it anymore! Seriously, why don't you just kill them, Master? No, I can't do that. They really do put on a good show, and despite all of this, I still think I'd like to invite them back to next year's party. True. Why don't you just break their trance and send them home, then? Frontier has some cheap holiday flights. I've tried, Igor, but they did just too good of a job putting them under. Nothing seems to break them out of it. I'm all out of options. There's only one person left I can think of that can help us out of this. You don't mean... Yes. It's time to call up my old college dorm mate. Hello, my friend. I hate to call you. I know it's a very busy time of the year for you. But I desperately need some help. Would you? (laughs) Oh, you will? (laughs) Thank you so much, my friend. I'll see you soon. One hour later... And that was The Adams Family Groove by MC Hammer. Boy, I never seem to get tired of that song. I know what you mean. I could listen to it over and over again. You have been for 54 days! <laughs> Master, he is here. Track, my boy. How I have missed you. Not getting in too much trouble, I hope. 
You seem to wind up on the naughty list more often than not these days. Oh, Chris, I'm afraid I might be on that list again this year. You see, I- What? Kidnapped those boys two months ago? Made them DJ your annual Halloween bash? Turned them into mindless droids and now you can't break the trance? Well, yes, but how? <laughs> I see all, remember? Not to worry, Drac. All these two need is a little sprinkle of my magical Christmas spirit dust. Patent pending. And they'll be back to normal in a jiff. Oh, boys. Yes, Santa. Take a deep breath. Whoa. Damn, I feel like I just woke up from the world's best nap ever. Wait, is it still Halloween? Did we miss the party? <laughs> uh, well, actually, it's Christmas Eve. You see, Drac got a little carried away and... Well, needless to say, he's certainly not on the nice list this year. Oh, ho, ho. Huh. Dracula, Santa, and I in the same room at the same time. That sounds like a setup to a really, really lame joke. Hold on. Did you just say it's Christmas Eve? Dude, we need to get home, like, now. Uh, no doy, but there's no way we're getting home in time by car, that's for sure. We could always fly you home on Frontier Airlines. <laughs> no! Why don't you two ride with me tonight? I'll get you home safe and sound, just in time to open your gifts in the morning. Does that mean we get to ride in the sleigh? <laughs> of course it does! Holy shit, this is incredible! Yeah, the only thing that can make this better would be some Christmas tunes to set the mood. <laughs> Agreed! Would either of you like the aux cord? Your sleigh has an aux cord? Bitchin'. Of course it does. You don't think I travel the world in one night without some good tunes pumping, do you? Oh my god, that's so rad! Hand that cord over here, buddy! Christmas Well, that was a pretty good one, Derek. Do you mind if I asked who it was? You don't know that song? No, I've never heard This is the first time it. for you? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that was that was Billy Squire. That was Christmas is the time to say I love you. You might have guessed the, the title, though, because he says it like 800 times in that song. 800 times. That's basically times. what the whole song's all about. Yeah, probably 800 times, something like that. Okay, I don't blame you for not knowing this because I just, just found out about this not too long ago, and I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's just so goddamn catchy. Isn't it? It's pretty catchy. It is. It's uh, it's very catchy, very vibey, very uh. Boy, it makes me feel all nice and warm and toasty in this. Yeah, sleigh. it's really freaking cold up here, isn't it? <laughs> it warms my, it warms my little digits. Um, no, yeah, I mean, so, but you know who Billy Squire is, though, right? Like classics. Oh yeah, yeah, I know who the Billy Squire. Yeah. Uh. Others. I, this is the problem with Billy Squire, man. It's like, I know all of his hits and they're all so good, but like, I never think about this guy until I hear his songs. And I'm like, oh, he's got some rippers. He's got some ragers. And this is like no different. I'm just amazed that he was able to translate that like, I, I don't want to call it one hit wonder energy. 
but it is kind of one hit wonder energy. You know what I mean? Like the man like wrote singles and we don't talk about him anymore. That's true. Yeah. I don't hear very many people talk about Billy Squire like ever. It's too bad too. Cause he was like back at the time of Van Halen. And I feel like he made hits that were like as good as Van Halen or his peers. And he just sort of like, the name is nowhere. I, I don't ever hear this guy mentioned and it's too bad, especially when it comes to this song, because this song is just so good. And I don't think I've ever heard it like growing up. I never heard it on radio. I, I Nobody that I ever knew had this on like a CD or even like sometimes they've got the Christmas compilation CDs. Like, I don't know about you, but my mom okay. was all about the Christmas compilation CD when I was growing up. Yeah, we had a couple. Not not too many. And I don't re- recall this one being on it, but I, I do remember having a few. Yeah, well, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think this was on any of them. No, which is probably why I didn't even know. So that's the thing too. That's that's something I missed back then. Like, yes, we have Spotify and we have like twenty thousand million bajillion songs in our pocket at all times. But my dad was just such a like kind of a music freak back then, and just bought this big ass like eight CD changer or 10 CD changer and hooked it up to his home stereo system. And that was his like pride and joy, man. He bought that before I was even born. So around Christmas time was really when it was getting used because my mom would load up like every slot with those Christmas CDs and just go to town. So that's how I would hear all these songs. Like instead of just the standard 10 or 12 songs that came on one of those CDs, now we have 10. That's like 120 songs. That's basically a jukebox back then. That's almost an iPod's worth of content that we were listening to. That's true. That's true. The uh, the nineties, early nineties iPod, if you will. Oh yeah. Uh, do you know what this song reminds me of? This is the song. This is the type of song that I feel like belongs in like a commercial, like a Macy's or a Target Christmas commercial, or even like a car dealership. Maybe they have some kind of a promotion going on during Christmas. Like I can almost see the big red bow around a car or something while okay. this is playing. You know what I'm talking yes, about? A Volkswagen commercial. Yeah. <laughs> this could easily be like a mid 2000s Volkswagen commercial song because totally, actually totally. that makes a lot of sense because back then I don't know if you remember this, but they did a collaboration with Slash at one point, back when Guitar Hero was really popping off. And they were, if you bought a car, like if you bought a Jetta or whatever the hell, they would actually give you a guitar, like at the time that you signed your paperwork, or whatever your the fuck it's paperwork. called, your yeah, paperwork. Your- and they were like touting that you could plug your guitar into the car itself and quote unquote, use it as an amp. But there's a whole like... <laughs> A commercial from back then, and this is when I started playing guitar and when I was getting obsessed with music for the first time, and I was like, wow, when I can drive, I want one of those because they'll give me a guitar. I actually tried convincing my parents to go buy a Volkswagen just so I could get the free guitar <laughs> at that point. The guitar and the, uh, uh, the, the, the car amp. Yeah. Yeah, because the little inlays, and I don't know if this actually was a thing or not but on the commercial they showed the little dot inlays okay had like the volkswagen logo mm-hmm. in the inlays on the fretboard which was pretty cool if true i i don't know could have just been marketing wow i really went on a whole rant about volkswagen and slash <laughs> um <laughs> yes no this song I, I could totally see it being used on a on an old car commercial um the one thing i will say about this song is that as good as this uh, studio recording is, and it's good mm-hmm. because the song itself is good. Oh, yeah. There's a an MTV performance from 1981 where it's just Billy Squire 
and his guitar, and there's like 40 MTV associates, cast members, whatever you want to call them, behind him on risers, and they're uh, they're going nuts. They are singing every word of this song. They're all clapping. They're dancing around. And there's just something that that happens deep within me when a crowd sings to a song with a band or an artist and they sing it well. And they're doing that here. Like it reminds me of uh, there's this performance, this live performance of Fear of the Dark okay. by Iron Maiden. Okay. And, and this one particular one, it gives me goosebumps every time because not only does the crowd sing the words and the lyrics along with the band, they actually sing the guitar parts and they sing it on key, which is they kind of crazy. sing the guitar. So are they humming? They, 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 no, it's like the, they're singing the guitar part while he's playing the opening guitar riff. Oh, okay. It's wild. It gives me goosebumps. <laughs> and th- this is no different. This MTV performance of this Billy Squire song has that same vibe, has that same energy. And they're all there. They're having a great time, and I want to be there. So if we can turn this sleigh into a time machine and go back in time, uh, let's go to 1981. Let's go to New York, and let's hang out in this little uh, Billy Squire performance. That's what I want to do tonight. I've talked enough. Are we going to listen to the next song or what? Sure. Let me pick one. Happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's gonna find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. What in the fuck was that? <laughs> okay, okay. It's kind of a doozy, it's kind of a doozy, but it's still festive as fuck, if I might say so myself. Parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> You don't like Bring the Season EP from I Declare War? I Declare War. I'm going to be honest with you, Grammy. I don't think I've ever heard of I Declare War. We were talking about how nobody talks about Billy Squire. Nobody's talking about I Declare War. Maybe maybe you. That's that's it. On the contrary, this song is huge this time of year. I'm pretty sure they actually play it at the uh, the finale of Macy's Parade. I'm pretty <laughs> the whole the whole EP. Yeah, yeah, this is what they're playing on the the loudspeakers in New York City. This yes. I Declare War EP. Yes. Oh, okay. And of course, sure. of course we had to listen to the entire EP. It's only 6 minutes long. That's let's be honest, this is the same amount of time that it takes to play one track for any other genre of music. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it's just like, well, I mean, it's less time than Hotel California, or isn't it? I don't know, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Well, in this song's defense, it was released on December 5th back in 2007. So, you know, one of the greatest years of my life, it was my graduation year. It was also known as one of the best years. You may have heard a subgenre called deathcore, maybe, possibly. I mean, you're from Massachusetts. It's pretty big there. Oh, oh yeah. Isn't that that screamo that, that screamo? everybody else- Oh, I hate it's that. It's that screamo music. Oh. I just want to slap people uh, when I hear that. Yes, yes. If it's, I, it's... I, I, okay, yeah, I am from Massachusetts. Up here, uh, everybody refer, referred to just anything as a blanket term. It was just hardcore. Just hardcore. That, yeah, that's, okay. That's really all it was. We, we had two huge scenes uh, while well, you graduated, but this was my middle school years through yeah. my high school years. Right. And two big scenes 
were the hardcore scene mm-hmm. and the pop punk scene. Right. And and a hardcore was like kind of tough because I know there's uh, that's a very broad, very broad term. Yeah, you have like your yeah. thrash and your metal and your death metal and all that good stuff. But yeah, I mean it all fits under that that one thing. I can yeah I can live with that. It's not screamo, kids. It's fucking not it's screamo. <laughs> it's screamo. God damn it. Ugh. We can leave that term back in 2007. <laughs> But anyways, I'm bringing it back Are you? for Christmas. I'm bringing yeah. it back. That's all I want. Good God. But anyways, yeah. So the golden age of deathcore, I would say it's probably 2007. So bands like Suicide Silence and Job for a Cowboy and uh, Despised Icon, they're all making this new subgenre. They're, they're uh, positively shaping this new subgenre. When I say the golden age, I truly mean it. All this, this whole entire EP has all the, the uh, quintessential characteristics of quote-unquote death core. It has, you know, the typical characteristics like pig squeals and gutturals and blast mm-hmm. beats, breakdowns. There's group shouting, as you pointed out at one point there. And, uh, of course, random sound clips from movies. That was a big thing that uh, a lot of these deathcore bands did. They would pull random sound clips from movies. And I love that they chose Mr. Hankey from uh, South Park, and they did two clips from uh, Christmas Vacation. And, I mean, let's face it, one of the most quotable movies of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. I will say, I, I mean, at the time, I really was not into uh, any of this music, and I, I, I tolerate it now. So I, I'm razzing you a little <laughs> bit. It, it, it was all right. It was okay. I tolerate it. Uh, but what I do miss about that era was what you said. Everybody always incorporating, uh, like all of those bands, it would be it. Uh, pop punk or be it hardcore or screamo. Mm. Okay, <laughs> incorporating like movie clips into the music either before a breakdown or just to kick off a song or yeah, something like that. Totally. Uh, or if you're a fallout boy, you know, those assholes oh, just like writing full song titles dedicated to like the most random bits and bobs from movies that like five people had seen or remembered at that yeah, point. Yeah, the most obscure uh, thing ever. Exactly. And, and I do miss that because it was like, oh, that's cool. These are just like normal people who like to watch movies just like me. Yeah. You know, and now it just feels like everybody takes it to the next level and they're like, how can I make money off of using this, uh, this clip from this song? You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it just feels so mm, everybody's out to make a buck today. Back, you know, back in the day, it just felt like, oh, I just like this thing. So I mm-hmm. will give them that. Okay. It's cool that they were including that. Okay. All I'm saying is I love Christmas music. I never get sick of it. I also love metal music. And sometimes the mood's striking off to the other side. Ah, I see. So you're trying to have your little Debbie Christmas tree cake. And, and eat, it, eat too. it too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay. Well, I suppose it's your turn to pick another song. Uh, it's funny because I was actually just going to play this for my next pick. Um, but I- I'm just going to have to pick something else, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't even understand how you can give me shit for what we listened to before after a track like this. <laughs> what? What? Who the fuck is this? You don't like Tiny Tim? Tiny Tim. Oh. Tiny Not Tim. Not the Charles Dickens character, the musical artist who is well-renowned for his other hits like Tip in, uh, Tiptoe Through the Tulips and, you know, other various Spongebob songs. Uh, you don't like his rendition of All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth? You're not a fan, Grimey? He does Spongebob songs? Yeah, they use a lot of his music in Spongebob. Really? <laughs> uh, back in, like, the early seasons, yeah. He, oh. he played ukulele and he sung in a high-pitched voice. It was funny. They were like, yeah. okay, this works, and they just threw his songs in the show. Yeah. No, no, don't get me twisted. I don't hate this. I love this. This is great. I, I think it's it's just an interesting pick. I just uh, can't believe that we're here <laughs> right now in Santa Slay listening to Tiny Tim. Well, I know Santa loves him, yeah. so... So I have to, I have to know after listening to a voice like that, I have to see what the guy looks like. And, uh, believe it or not, we get really good reception up here in Santa Slay. So I'm looking at this picture of Tiny Tim. It's a clip from, I'm assuming the CD cover possibly. It's a YouTube video and it's just That's this, correct. uh, black and white picture. The guy is wearing a Santa Claus hat. Is this Tiny Tim? That's Tiny Tim. And I will point out, uh, he, he, is not wearing the the Santa hat. It's it's been poorly early nineties photoshopped, <laughs> photoshopped onto this black and white oh. portrait of Tiny Tim. <laughs> but that makes uh-huh. it so much better. <laughs> it's not it doesn't even fit his head. It's not even sitting on his head if you actually look at this. It's yeah, it's yeah. sitting off his head. <laughs> yeah. So uh anyone who's not looking at YouTube right now, picture um what looks to me to be a cross between Penguin from Batman Returns and also uh, Steve Coogan from Around the World in 80 Days. Okay. He also, I'll, I'll do you one better. He also looks a bit like uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, Metal Jesus Rocks, who's a video game YouTuber. Okay, yeah. He's He's got that vibe about he's him, too. He's kind of got that going on. And all that with this horribly photoshopped Santa Claus hat on top, it just makes this... Oh, man, I just love it. You know what his voice kind of reminds me of? He reminds me of uh, the small hand guy, or no, the the strong hand guy from (laughs) Scary Movie. Like, take the strong hand. (laughs) Okay, yeah, well, I I would imagine that Chris Elliott pulled a few uh, uh, comedic inspirations from Tiny Tim over the years. I, I feel like they've got very similar mannerisms and... And things going on. I could see him borrowing some some things, taking some cl- creative liberties. So um, where, when is the first time you heard the song? Where did you find the song? Well, okay. So I've actually got a pretty pretty good story about this here. So um, I think I've mentioned it on the show before. I've definitely told you. But I used to be on my college's radio station back just about 10 years ago now. Right. I did it for two semesters. Uh, and then I dropped out. I've told you that many times too. Yes. <laughs> but that was the best part of my experience. I put myself into a bunch of debt uh, <laughs> and had a horrible time except for the radio station. And I credit that with uh, leading me here and doing this podcast with you. So if nothing else, uh, Tiny Tim and my radio station time brought me here. But – while I was on the radio station, I mean, this was, you know, 2012, so Spotify was just sort of Early getting stages. started, but music streaming wasn't really a thing. So what we really did a lot of the time was go to a bunch of these racks 
in the back room and they had like a whole section of vinyl and CDs and old cassettes, everything. Oh. And um, when I was an intern, quote unquote, uh, one of the jobs was to go through all of these file cabinets worth of music and like every month, every couple months, see what hadn't been played or what we couldn't play and get rid of it. Basically. Okay. Because the whole stipulation with this uh, radio station was that we couldn't play anything that charted on billboards. We were an underground oh. radio station. We could only play stuff that had never charted. So basically, I think it was a royalties thing. Probably, maybe. yeah. Something that... But also... Just make sure that this doesn't get picked up by anyone who gives a shit kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. E- exactly. Exactly. So it kind of forced us to find really new and interesting music and, and really push like small bands and indie bands. So it was cool. That's kind of in neat. that regard. But I was I was going through these um these these drawers and I happened to cross this particular CD and it caught my eye because it was glittering. And I'm like, what is that? So I pulled it out. The coolest thing about this album is that in the spine of the CD the CD case, uh-huh. there's tinsel. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. That's, that's kind of cool. Uh-huh. That's a, You don't see stuff like that anymore. That's kind of decent. I, I would be kind of thrilled to see something like that. Exactly. So I was like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool. What is this? And then, of course, I pull it out. I see the this picture that you're talking about here. And I was like, Tiny Tim, Tiny Tim. I think I know who Tiny Tim is. And sure enough, I looked it up and it's like, oh, he's the tiptoe through the tulips guy. And I was like, wait a minute, this guy did a Christmas album? What's this all about, right? So because I couldn't play it on the radio, I actually took it back to my dorm room. I ripped it down and I started listening to it on my iPad, uh, iPod at the time. And I was like, Holy crap, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's just a full album, and he does some weird shit on there. Like, this is more of his standard stuff, like, that you would expect from Tiny Tim. He does some other stuff where, like, at one point he's, like, almost rapping on one of the songs, too. (laughs) Uh, There's an image. There's another song. There's another song. He, He does the I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. That one's awesome. Just, like... Everything on this album just spoke to me. And so I got obsessed with it and I started playing it all that Christmas season and my sister fucking hated it. So, of course, that made me want to play it all the more. So I have this like real fun association of it being this thing that I got a kick out of and my sister hated so much. Which brought me even more joy because it just meant I, I knew that I could annoy her in the easiest, quickest way possible. Just throw on a song from this while she's in the car with me. Good old sibling rivalry. You can't beat that, yeah. especially during the so holidays. Yeah, stuck listening to it. So um, that's pretty much it. That's my whole whole story. That's how I found this. And, and not many people know about it. It's out of print. You can't find it on Spotify. The only place that you can find it is either... I used old CD on eBay, which are pretty reasonably priced, and uh, these rips on YouTube. So I still have the CD. I stole it from the station. They couldn't play it. It went to a good home. I give it a lot of love. Uh, But I would say it might be worth going and finding your own copy on eBay, if only for the tinsel in the spine of the CD. It's like the, the funnest thing to break out at a party and be like, look at this weird CD I have, you know? What if the tinsel is actually the tinsel that they used in the Santa Claus to bust people out of jail? Oh my God, I never even tried. I should go to a jail this Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Derek, that sounds like a horrible idea. It's in here, Satan. 
Nicholas, Christmas Day is near. Me and all my fiendish friends have something you should hear. Kids are swell, but ghouls from hell do like Christmas too. So write down everything I say if you know what's good for you. Jason wants a brand new look. His is a disgrace. This time he would like a mask with Robert Redford's face. Freddie wants a manicure. <sighs> you know, it's funny that you put that song on. Because I actually found that album, the Tales from the Crypt album, at the same time that I found that Tiny Tim album. So it's weird that you played it back to back because I didn't, I don't think I've ever told you that. No, you didn't. You never told me that. Uh, but regardless, I felt like we needed a little bit of horror here up in the old Santa sleigh while we're cruising through the sky. Who else better to help us than the Crypt Keeper? Yeah, that's true, though I will say um, there's plenty of horror up here because I fucking hate flying. <laughs> you don't like flying? I don't like heights no. either. Yeah, no, I hate this. I, I hate everything about this. We just have to drink a couple more of uh, Judy's hot chocolates here. They're they're fortified with grain alcohol, if, I, if I'm correct here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, don't forget to push that button up there on the uh, CD. The, the cookie dispenser. The cookie dispenser, yeah. <laughs> this, this recipe is 2,000 years old. You know that, right? Wow. It took her 2,000 wow. years to perfect it. Doesn't look a day over 12. It's, <laughs> it's uncanny. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So the Crypt Keeper. Um, why not? You know, it's Christmas. I think the Crypt Keeper <laughs> Why can... not? It's it's Cryptmas, <laughs> it's, it's you know? It's Yeah. I, I think uh, the Crypt Keeper <laughs> deserves his his spotlight. I mean, this this is an entire album. The whole album's a banger. And uh, I love the good Crypt Keeper rap, so Christmas rap had to be mentioned. This album, I believe, was released in 1994, and it features 15 tracks, all sang by John Kassir, who is an awesome dude. I think we actually, uh, we had him... Do a little thing for us for Halloween 2018, 19, 2020. Was it 2020? In the midst of the pandemic, he did a voiceover for, we did a giveaway of a custom Game Boy and he was great. And he did the Crypt Keeper voice, which was really, really cool. So yeah, we've got a little history with him Mm -hmm. over on Dem Boys. But I think it's funny that you say, um, you know, that this is a banger of an album, you know, you mentioned how it has 15 tracks. I think that's 14 tracks too many, if I'm being honest. Don't you think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Listen, yeah. I love the idea of this. I, lo- I love it in theory, but mm-hmm. my friggin' Lord, if you start at track one, for me personally, by like track six, I'm like, this has worn out its welcome. Oh, and yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm as big of a, a Crypt Keeper fan as the next guy. But I just get one too many puns and I'm just like, okay, yep. all right, that's enough. How my sister feels, I think about Tiny Tim, I think is how I feel about the majority of this album. <laughs> so what you're saying is that uh, the Crypt Keeper does well as just like a an introducer kind of guy. Yeah, you know, his 30 seconds at the beginning of a show. I think that's the perfect amount of Crypt Keeper. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can I can completely agree with that. And that's why I think I picked this song. If there was, if there had to be one song that I wanted to listen to for the holidays and it involved the Crypt Keeper, it would be this one. Um, that's fair. Okay. Basically, the Crypt Keeper, he is communicating to Santa Claus what classic monsters and slashers and real life murderers want for Christmas, right? So he mentions Jason, who wants a new mask, Freddy, who wants a manicure, Jack the Ripper, who wants Dallas Cowgirls to cheer Jack Let Her Rip, 
He also mentions like Hannibal Lecter, the Headless Horseman, a slew of other characters. Do you know what he doesn't do, though? Mm, I, I don't know. What doesn't he do? He doesn't ask for anything for himself. What a selfless he is selfless. Boy. <laughs> he is so selfless. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, did he have to ask for anything? He had already been given the gift of recording studio time. So that's true. You know, that's true. He got what he wanted that year. I feel like. I guess only the big man up here knows for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, listen, this album is fucking weird, man. <laughs> it, it, like, in theory, it sounds like I want to to listen to it and listen to it year in and year out with uh, song names like Deck the Halls with Parts of Charlie. Uh, we Wish You'd Bury the Misses, you know. Uh, you know, they're good. They're good titles. But then, it, again, it starts wearing out its welcome with, with other songs like Mo Title Bomb. You know, O Tannenbaum, and they do a whole thing where the guy's name in the song, Mo Title Bomb. Mo Title Bomb. <laughs> Title Bomb? It's like they, they phoned it in for that one there, you know? Yeah, That's what I'm yeah. saying. We could have had something good if we did about half the songs, you know? Make it an EP like I Declare War, you know? Then we're in business, baby, okay? Yeah, we all know how you like that, so... You're right. We should, well, you know, <laughs> we should just make it like that. <laughs> Listen, if I'm choosing between I Declare War and the majority of this Tales from the Crypt album, I guess I'm going I Declare War because it's only six minutes. I mean, what more could you want? <laughs> what What more? <laughs> wow. I did not think that you'd get me on I Declare War's side tonight, but, you know, you you brought out the big guns with the, the, the Crypt Keeper album here. You know, I, <laughs> I had faith in you. I had faith in you. I really did. And uh, you didn't let me down. I never do. I never do. What I will say quickly about the cover art from this Tales from the Crypt album is you were talking about the Tiny Tim album cover art just yeah, a yeah. moment ago. These are two peas in a pod. Oh, yeah. Very similar. Because very similar. Very mm-hmm. similar vibes. They're doing different things, but they're doing things so similar yeah. while they're doing them different that they, they're like uh, like fraternal twins, you know? Like, I know that there's the same DNA here. I can't take oh, sure. either of these seriously. They just look a little different. Crypt Keeper is fucking uh, strong hand guy's long lost scary brother. Better looking brother. Separated maybe, at birth. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You wanted Darlene Love, I gave you Darlene Love. Do you not love Darlene Love? I love Darlene Love. (laughs) Not only do I love Darlene Love, I do love her. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. 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 Uh, All Alone on Christmas was that song. Not her other Christmas hit, Baby Please Come Home, though that is a close second. When it comes to this song, I just feel like she's very underrated when it comes to the Christmas season. Yeah. I really do. Especially the song. And like, I'm, I'm still kind of mind boggled by it. Like, Home Alone 2, dare I say, one of the biggest fucking Christmas movies 
ever of all time of ever. In our childhood now mm-hmm. there's still people talking about home alone 2 this is one song when you're cruising through youtube you're putting on your christmas music compilations never fucking shows up it's true it really is true I, okay i i feel like i've heard this song growing up but not enough where it became part of my regular rotation so it was really only for the past five, ten years at the most, but closer to the side of five, that I really fell in love with this song and just became obsessed with it. And when I first became obsessed with it, I didn't really even put two and two together like Home Alone 2 and this song. Obviously, it makes an appearance in Home Alone 2, but I'm not actively watching music videos, you know? And I wasn't growing up at the time when MTV was showing music videos, really. So I would have totally missed this. So to find out that the music video for this song is like such a heavy tie into Home Alone 2 to the point where there's they're, they're kind of playing it up for the camera. But Macaulay Culkin is sitting behind the board in a, in a recording studio and he's her quote unquote producer. It's like it's amazing the marriage between that movie and this song and, and just sort of goes untalked about these days. Macaulay Puff Daddy. Oh, yes. Uh, or or is that Sean Macaulay? Sean? Macaulay, what does he go Macaulay by these Sean. Days? Oh, Macaulay Puffy Cones. Macaulay. M- Macaulay Combs, or Macaulay, Macaulay Sean Combs, <laughs> and then it was oh my P. God, Diddy. There's too many. P. Diddy, thank you. Macaulay is Diddy. It Macaulay Diddy. Is it Diddy Macaulay? I I don't know. There's just too Uh-oh. much. Uh, Would it just be M. Diddy? M. Diddy, like P. Diddy. Yeah, M. Diddy. M. Diddy. M. Diddy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. M. Diddy. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Uh, when I say that it's underrated and that she also has one of the other greatest Christmas songs of all time, um. I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, man, this this woman is the true queen of Christmas. And then I started reading about Darlene Love. Okay, I went down this rabbit hole, and it turns out that I am not the first person to think that she is the Christmas queen. David Letterman was the first person to actually coin her as the Christmas queen. So you hear that, Mariah Carey? If you're listening to us, talk while riding in the sleigh somehow because you got bugs everywhere. You're not the queen of Christmas. Okay, it's Darlene Love. So suck an egg, okay? Yeah, you're a close second, but uh, Darlene Love, she's she's it. She's the top. Uh, first off, I just want to say I love this song very much. It's uh, one that you can't help but feel good while listening to. And like I said, there's no denying that Home Alone is... Home Alone 2 especially is probably one of the best Christmas movies ever. Anything that reminds me of Home Alone 2 is a win instantly. Second... The saxophone and those damn pipes that Darlene was blessed with together. Like, come on, Mm -hmm. come on. Easily. Just a a great, great combination. Saxophone played by the one and only Clarence Clemens, R.I.P. R.I.P. You might know who that is. He was a member of the E Street Band, a.k.a. Bruce Springsteen's backing band. And they, five of the members actually make an appearance on this and you can hear it because man this could just have been like a bruce springsteen song but i'm glad that it wasn't because i don't think it will ever have reached the heights that it does like you said because of her beautiful beautiful pipes and this woman holy crap can she belt it out she is she is reaching notes that are just 
they put Mariah to shame. Shame on you, Mariah. Yeah, actually, I was going to say that if you just had Clarence Clemens playing the saxophone and Darlene Love singing, and that's it, this song would still hold up. It would still hold its own weight. It would still be a fucking classic. Mm-hmm. It would still be a ripper. But it's not just Clarence Clemens. One of the five members that joined from the E Street Band, Steve Van Zant, okay, who... Many of you might know from The Sopranos, Silvio. I, I That was the weirdest thing the first time I watched The Sopranos. I was like, is that the guy from Bruce Springsteen's band? And sure as shit it was. And he's here. So not only do we have a Sopranos tie, uh, we have a Home Alone tie. We have a Bruce Springsteen tie with this song. There's just so much happening. Yeah, I didn't even know all that. That's kind of amazing. Uh, So the only thing I really want to say about this video, other than the fact that it's great and Macaulay Culkin shows up and is hamming it up for the camera, is that about two minutes in, there's a guy in the back who's playing trumpet, and he does the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen anybody do who plays trumpet as their main instrument. He starts spinning this thing. You know how drummers will spin their sticks, and you're like, all right, that's fine. He does it with a trumpet. And I don't mean he's, like, doing it, like, a little slow. It's like a fucking fidget spinner on this guy's finger. He is going to town. Yeah, you you could practically see the smoke coming off of his fingers. It was insane. I'm surprised the man didn't start taking off. I'm surprised he didn't fly (laughs) up into the air (laughs) with how fast that thing was going. (laughs) Yeah, this song, yeah, it's it's a banger. This is, uh, if you haven't seen the music video, obviously go and see that. But even if you haven't seen the music video, um, this is the song that plays when Kevin McAllister finally starts going and venturing off into New York City, right? Right. So right, exactly, he's just going through the city. He's going to toy stores and he's up on top of the Trade Center and just kind of taking snapshots from the Twin Towers. And you can't tell me that when this song is playing. And that scene's rolling that you didn't wish that you were Kevin McAllister jamming to Darlene fucking love, checking out toy stores and sightseeing in New York City. Like you wanted to be Kevin McAllister in that exact moment, even if you're afraid of heights and being by yourself in a big fucking city. (laughs) This song makes that image just so much better. That's right, Mac. That's right, right, Mac. Mac Daddy. They they call him Mac. It's so so damn cool. It Uh, is. The last thing thing I'll say about this, because I could just gush about Darlene Love all day, is that the way that she is dressed in her appearance (laughs) in this music video. You know, I know where you're going with it. Oh, she is the quintessential. She's looking like the quintessential 80s sitcom mom. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like. She, like, looks like she should have been the second Aunt Viv. Like, get rid of the real second Aunt Viv, Darlene Love instead. That show would have done so much better. She, dare I say, deserves her own show where she's just the, the mom and it's focusing on her. Like, a, I could see it oh. told like a, tip, a typical TGIF kind of style show. I would watch Darlene's Darlings. Yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> 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 Oh shit! Uh, well, well, that was a pretty good you one. You heard it, people. She's she's eighty years young. Just <laughs> work your magic, and and before she's not of this earth anymore, I want to see Darlene's Darlings streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Okay, great. Well, that was a pretty good one. I guess I'll play another one for you. Yes, please. It's been too long without music. I'm willing to bet that after you hear this, you're gonna beg to differ, though. 
<laughs> but we'll give it a shot. Take the whole with pepperoni. Fa la 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 la. Mustard, eggplant, and bologna. Fa la 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 la. Santa Claus will bring his reindeer. Fa la 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 la. In the sewer, I will take it here. Fa la 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 la. Boy, was that problematic. <laughs> Woo. Problematic, mm. but for as much as I talk shit on uh, We Wish You a Turtle Christmas, I talk about it every chance I can. And I just threw it on right now in Santa's fucking sleigh. Of all songs that I could be listening to thousands of miles up off of the ground in Santa's sleigh, I chose this one. And I have to admit, I love it. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> well, if there's one um benefit to it, it's that it's only about a minute and a half long. So it's not like I have to listen to this for, you know, a very long amount of time. <laughs> now, I mean, if you break it down, you take away the movie, which by the way is you know, there's movies that are so bad that they're good. This movie's mm-hmm. just flat out fucking bad, but it's good for, <laughs> you know, yeah. a couple of laughs any given day of the week or, you know, during the Christmas season, whatever, you know, it's 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 good for that. The Turtles cover, they cover an array of classic Christmas songs. I'd say all of them are okay, I guess. They get their point across, they do their turtle thing, you know, they kind of riff on it with turtle stuff like yeah like pepperoni yeah just weird shit exclusively turtle stuff yeah and into turtle stuff but i don't think anything's weirder than this song like it's just so fucking random it doesn't even sit like if you have the cd you're listening from front to back this song pops Mm -hmm. up and you're just like now why the fuck would they go that direction with it yeah, like a Calypso vibe, just like Caribbean Christmas. I, I just, I don't... Yeah. Somebody made a choice there, and I can't say that it was the right one, but it certainly was a choice. Yeah. And they they decided to do it, so, you know, at least we got that far, I guess. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't I don't know what demanded that they did a awful Jamaican accent over kids boppy <laughs> reggae version of Deck the Halls, but we got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, the the accent is uh well, you know, it's it's there. Yeah. It is it's it's a thing that they chose to do. Yep. And if the accent doesn't get you, surely the scoodly doodly doip doip will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I did I did like the scatting. I the will scat, I will give yeah. you that. That the scatting was nice. Turtle you know, turtle if, scat. If, Turtle scat. I love turtle scat. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. So I know that you're saying, okay, we, we're listening to it, but I do like, I, I want to bring up, like, if you actually watch the video and you, you really should watch the video because oh, it is yes. just another level. <laughs> oh boy, it is another level. But the, they're, they're decorating a Christmas tree. They're decking the halls. Okay. As, as the song as, says. Yeah. As best as they can. They're, they're as best as they can and as best as they can because the guys in these, these suits, they have no idea what's going on, man. No, not they at all. They can't see a thing. They mm. have, they can't feel anything because they got the big friggin' foam 
hand gloves on. Oh, yeah. So they're yeah. just like doing their best. But it cracks me up every time I see this because they're trying to put these ornaments on the tree. It's a very delicate, very dainty activity that you have to have some real good finger dexterity for. And you can tell that they have no idea where the tree is. They have no idea if there's an ornament in between their fingers. They're just shoving their ham hock right out into those branches of that Fraser fir, and they're pushing it around, and they're hoping to God that something is touching a branch, <laughs> oh, yeah. and that the director yeah. is going to cut before they drop that ball and shatter it all over the ground. Yeah, yeah, they're totally just guessing their way through this this uh, this whole entire turtle life of theirs. They've got these, I, I would say they're pretty big, uh, foam masks, foam headsets, I guess, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And the faces that these things make is pure nightmare fuel. They're oh, just yeah. staring off oh, into yeah. space. They have these like really wide smiling, like really shitty, creepy grins going on. And I would say this is probably what my sleep paralysis demon looks like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these have to be the same suits as the coming out of their shells tour, right? Like, I, I want to say that it's like a step down. It was like... They asked Dollar General to make them for them, and this is what they got. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. If the coming out of their shells tour was the Walmart version of the Turtles. Yeah, okay, I see it. This is the Dollar, this General, is Dollar General of that. Yeah, okay, I could go with that. Yeah, because then you have the next mutation in there somewhere, which is like kind of a, uh, well... No, it's even below that. So, I don't know, man. Lots of bad suits. <laughs> Lots of bad suits Lots throughout bad the 90s suits. for these Turtles. Yep. And, and props to the people who had to wear them. And uh, I really hope they got to get their name taken off the credits so that they're, you know, it's not following them around like a black, a black mark on their resume anymore. All that said, movie completely aside, the songs hold up. Most of them are pretty good. I feel that that's why I had to include this one. Yeah, I could see myself drinking some like Christmas jungle juice and listening to this song. Yeah, Yeah, you're just like surrounded by palm trees and yeah, just getting shitty on a beach. Turtle scatting all over. <laughs> yeah, dodging turtle scat, throwing <laughs> turtle eggs into the ocean, you know, endangering wild species. I could see all that happening listening to this song. <laughs> you could uh, deck the halls with pepperoni, munster, eggplant, and bologna. <laughs> Who's putting bologna on a pizza? These guys are out of their gourd. Well, we're talking about the turtles. You know, they put bubble gum and ice cream and yeah, oatmeal and tea. Did you know that there was a uh, a pizza that they made in the cartoon that was black tea and toast? You get the fuck right out of here right now. I don't ever want to hear those words uttered again in the same sentence. Santa, he's Disgusting. pushing me. He's pushing me out of the sleigh, Santa. Oh, oh, oh. Knock it the fuck off. <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to swear. All right, now that you're done shoving me, what do you got next? You want me to play another one? Yes, please. I'll give you another one. Okay. You thought you were the only one who could go a little Caribbean, a little Calypso with their Christmas picks, huh? I I don't think so. I don't think so, buddy. What do you think about that? Mary's Boy Child. Mm, That was one of my favorites. That was something that was a great song to follow up. uh, Deck the Halls from 
Jamaican Leo. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason. Yes. This is by Boney M. Just what a name for a band, you know? Boney M. I've never heard of them. Honestly, I haven't. Till today. It's it's weird because I know this song and I really actually do love this song. Like it it's got some weird fun like it doesn't sound very Christmassy, but it's fun, you know? Yeah. And, and I was like trying to look it up. And I'm like, who the fuck does this? And then the first one that popped up was Boney M. And I'm like, there's not a chance that that's the real version of this song, is it? Sure enough, that was the original version of this song. And I'm like, who is this band? And so I looked it up. They did that song, Rasputin. Rasputin. Yeah, that's so... The, the TikTok uh, I, song I that's all of a sudden famous, uh, oh, you know. Yeah. I love that about TikTok. It takes a song that's done like from the fucking fifties, brings it back, and all of a sudden everybody loves it. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow, this song is amazing. I didn't know that something before nineteen ninety four could be popular and yeah, how about good that? and catchy? Yeah, weird. <sighs> yes, yeah, so I just figured this would be the perfect complement to the turtle song because it's got very similar vibes, you know, with all these steel drums and what have you. You know what I think about this song? I feel like this song is probably Michael Scott from The Office, his favorite Christmas song. Because remember, he is he is big on the you know, let's go to Sandals and let's spend a, you know yeah. Christmas and he bought that that steel drum for himself yeah. and all he could play was hot 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 oh yeah you know? yeah no I so I feel like this is like Michael Scott's favorite song you know speaking of being similar to the Turtles vibe have you seen the music video for this at all uh yeah I actually have and have- uh, we should probably talk about that because <sighs> what a weird fucking video am I right okay. Tell me which one's worse, the blank stares on all these kids' faces or all the blank stares on the turtles' faces? Are they not the same? <laughs> they no, really- and I think there's probably the same amount of them, too. Like, I feel like there's only four kids in this video, the whole yeah. video. So, I don't, yep. you know, even more similarities. Ow, this is just the weirdest video in general. It's, it's like, so weird. All four of the singers are just dressed head to toe in white, like, furry, fuzzy outfits. Yeah, totally. Just, like, kind of swaying back and forth. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not real real choreography going on for some reason. And they're in a church or something. Something similar to a church. I don't know. It's like a service. Yeah, it looks very religious, which, I mean, it makes sense. The song is about Jesus. Like, it is the most... Jesus-y Christmas song that I will voluntarily listen to. The most but it's got such a hot beat that I don't mind, you know? Yeah. Sky Daddy with a hot beat. You can't get any better <laughs> than that. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just got this, like, weird white, like, dreamy vignette around the whole video. Yeah, yeah, very 80s. Yeah, it just adds to the very, like, surreal quality of it. But, yeah, like, what you're talking about, the whole premise, I guess, of the music video is just them, like, the, these kids at a Christmas pageant. And it, the pageant is about the nativity. Yeah. Oh my and the God. birth of Jesus, I guess. I, I, it's weird. It's very weird and like off putting. It just feels like a really bad, like elementary school Christmas production. Oh, yeah, totally. That, these kids are all in robes. None of them look like they know what they're doing there. Like half of them are just like, you know, 
I took my cat to the vet a couple weeks ago. They're all giving the faces that my cat gave me. Like they were just looking for like a door to open and hurry up and run out through it. <laughs> None of them know what they're doing. And then the kid with the mustache. What the fuck is that? Oh, it's like a weird John Waters mustache. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so like creepy. Pencil thin, creepy little mustache. Like yeah. These are biblical times, man. Yeah. They had beards. They didn't have no pencil thin mustaches. I just I feel like I'm watching a music video produced by Tim and Eric when I'm watching this. It's just like okay. these goofy yeah. kids. Okay, fair. They're all making goofy faces. Totally weird. They're they're all like like they all look like A, something bad is going to happen and they're too afraid to say it. Or B, something bad already happened. <laughs> I think the bad thing in question would be that Boney M showed up to their elementary school, forced them to put on this production, which would explain the unpreparedness and unwillingness of these kids, and then never cut any of these kids in on royalties. So these kids are getting <laughs> screwed and they know it, you know? With all that being said, it's a terrific song. <laughs> it's a great song. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Uh, it is no, really good. It's it so damn catchy. Mm-hmm. I, I I've loved this song for a very long, uh, very long time. It's just, I don't know. I just I I love it. Like it's it's weird. It doesn't fit that traditional Christmassy vibe, I guess. But it's it's like it feels like a new era of Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I agree. If the forties in the fifties, that was all Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby. If that's what classic Christmas is, this falls under the banner. Of like that new era 80s Christmas with like Wham and like yep. Shaken Stevens and uh, what's it called? Band-Aid. The, the, uh, do they know it's Christmas at all? Band-Aid, right? Isn't Band-Aid? it Band-Aid or something like that? <laughs> Just talking no, about Band-Aids all of a sudden. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Band-Aid brand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like that second big wave of like we've, we're past the, the crooners and now we're onto like this weird 80s section. Yeah. If anything, um, I could see it fitting perfectly in like a Christmas in July playlist. Oh yeah, it's got Weekend at Bernie's vibes. So does the Turtles. Exactly. Song. These are both Weekend at Bernie's songs. <gasps> oh my god! Uh, oh, we should turn it into a trilogy, a Christmas set Weekend at Bernie's. He's frozen solid. He's been rotting for weeks. He, he is, oh my God, I want this. I want, well, not even weeks. He's been rotting for months at this point. And they've kept him in a freezer all this time. And now he can come out of the freezer because it's cold enough to be outside. And he just stands outside all holiday season. And everybody's like, he'll catch cold. And they're like, no, he won't. Didn't think we were going to go there this time around, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I want another song now, please. All right. I think I got just the thing. DMC, huh? Little Reverend Run and his boys. It's I I mean, I think we talked about this not that long ago. Run DMC as a whole. It might be sacrilegious to most people, but I they're fine. 
I feel like the Fat Boys are a much better group from the same time period, and they just don't get the the credit that they're due. DMC just takes all the glory, all the spotlight. I love Ron DMC, and I can see where anyone else would think that Fat Boys is, you know, better. I get it. I completely get it. But this song in particular, it's a banger, and I think I've I, I completely understand why it's so good. So, okay. did you happen to know that this track samples Clarence Carter's 1968 holiday song, Backdoor Santa, as well as Frosty the Snowman, Jingle Bells, and Joy to the World? So, all of those songs are sampled in this one song. Oh, it's like the equivalent of being at McDonald's at the soda machine and being like, I want Coke and I want orange high C and I want Sprite and I want Dr. Pepper yeah. and you just put them all in the same cup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like the, the Christmas song melting pot. All of that mixed in together obviously makes a fucking bitchin' tune. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, it's funny that you bring up Backdoor Santa being like the main sample here mm-hmm. because so this song, at least where I know it from, it's this old uh, compilation CD that came out called The Very Special Christmas. Or, were you going to bring that up? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, a Very Special Christmas. Was this one of those compilations that your mom had back in the day or? Uh, You know, it's weird. I can't remember if she actually did. I feel like she did. But I, I just really went on this, like, big Keith Haring bender a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Like, you know who Keith, Keith Haring is, right? The, no. the visual artist from the 80s. You definitely do. I'm sure right, I've wait, seen his here. work, but you know me in names. I don't, I don't. Oh. You see that? He did that little uh, yeah, baby fucking. That artwork. Yeah, yeah. He's got like the little, the little like uh, almost stick figurey drawing. So, yeah. so I, I was looking through his stuff and then I found this album cover for a very special Does Christmas. It, it kind of like, has that on there, doesn't it? Yeah. It, well, it's his art. And I was like, hmm, that seems familiar. And then I started looking through like the track list of this album and yeah. I was like, Oh, so like all of these again, we talked about it in the in the last song, but like this is all of those that eighties era of like Christmas. That's what this whole album is full of. And there's actually a version of Backdoor Santa on that C D mm. done by Bon Jovi. And it is fucking terrible. But everything else on that CD is really good. <laughs> Christmas and Hollis is, is pretty good, too. It, it's also on that CD. Do you know what else it's on? Turns out this song was used in movies Less Than Zero, Die Hard, The Night Before, The Grinch from 2018, and Holiday Rush. It was also used in TV shows The Office, Everybody Hates Chris, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Orange is the New Black, uh, it was in The Simpsons, a slew of different TV shows, but perhaps my favorite time this song was featured, Run DMC performed this song live on the set of All That for their Christmas special. Oh, And that's, that's okay. the first time I ever heard it, was from All That. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of badass then. Yeah, dude. All right. Yep. So All That, they always had this like this live music at the end of each episode, similar to like The Tonight Show and what you know other shows that do that. I would have killed, I honestly would have killed. This is one thing where I'm like... I know I would have loved to see this live, and I hate myself for not being, like, old enough to go there at that point in time, or, you know, able to, and I think you could see it on YouTube somewhere. You should watch it, because it was it was a vibe, like, Nickelodeon, 19, probably 96 or something, 97, 
and just all of that. It's huge. And Run DMC's up there rocking the mics and doing Christmas and Hollis. Just amazing. I kind of love the um, ties that Nickelodeon and specifically all that had to like hip hop. Oh, back yeah. Back in the 90s. Yeah, totally. You know, between TLC and Coolio mm-hmm. and apparently now Run DMC showing up on all that. Uh, it's kind of rad. Like, I think that's what did wonders for that brand back in the day is that oh, yeah. it didn't feel like Nickelodeon was a channel for kids. It mm-hmm. felt like pop culture was being brought to kids on kids programming so it made you feel like you were part of the bigger conversation with the adults and the teenagers but like still getting it in a a package that was appropriate for you which is like pretty cool yeah i think they even had like well crisscross was on there at one point in time too like a bunch of these awesome uh hip-hop acts from back in the day i have to agree it's fucking awesome that old school hip-hop is ingrained in nickelodeon culture it's just it it used to be so diverse you know Uh, it's not i don't feel like it is anymore it's just so like one note just so boring to me anymore but i'd love to live in a time again where it's appropriate to have run dmc's christmas and hollis playing for kids at a uh a set on a kid's show it just it's it was another time and Every time I hear this song, it reminds me of that little bit of my life where I remember watching this, and it's a good feeling, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I really like about this, it's not so much the song, but it's the music video. You actually made me watch that. (laughs) Dude, the music video is so cool. I think you brought it up. So, like, there's an elf in a Santa who might be a fake Santa, and then he turns out to be a real Santa, but he's, like, controlling people with a Simon board game. Yes, totally. So he's got the Simon. If you don't know what Simon is, oh, my God, Simon. It's the most challenging game ever. It's a, <laughs> it's a pattern game. <laughs> you know, you just kind of hit the patterns. But, uh, yeah, totally. They're doing, like, this Ghostbusters 2, the Nintendo Advantage controller thing with, you know, how they drive the Lady Liberty. And I love the idea of using, like, a kid's toy to, like... I don't know, drive something that shouldn't be driven or, you know, like adults manipulating kids' toys to make them do things to their advantage. Like, I just think that's a fucking cool concept. Oh, yeah. And the other thing I'll bring up about that music video is like, so they're in what I feel like it's supposed to be just like one of their houses or something, the three of them. At one point, uh, Santa brings Run DMC microphones as a gift and then they just start rapping but like that particular scene they're in this house it really looks more like a cabin because there's a fireplace behind them and then there's uh, a stuffed deer head on the wall above yeah. the fireplace the only thing I could think watching that was wow this really reminds me of the evil dead the cabin that Ash is in that all of his friends get murdered at and I was like hmm wouldn't it be weird if this actually crossed over and just Ash bursted through that door as they're just rapping and then all of the uh, deadites just started going crazy and then we had a Christmas crossover. Ash and the Evil Dead and uh, Christmas and Hollis is canon, you're saying? Oh, yeah. I think it might be. Somehow that fucking Simon game is going to save the world. I'm telling you. I know it. Uh, I would pay money to see that movie. Well, that was another one for me. Let's hear another one from you. Oh, okay. I think I have one more song in me. I will, uh, I'll break it out just for you, okay? All right, let's hear it. The first thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me is finding a Christmas tree. The second thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me 
rigging up the lights and finding a Christmas tree. The third thing at Christmas that's such a pain to me. Hangovers, rigging up the lights and finding a Christmas tree. <sighs> The hangovers. So what do you say? Do you hate sending Christmas cards too? You hate rigging up the lights? <laughs> yeah, actually. Listen, <laughs> Christmas is great. I love Christmas. I love very much so almost every aspect of Christmas. What this song does is paint a real life picture, putting up lights. Sometimes that fucking blows, especially if it's cold or if it's snowing or if there's a sheet of ice over top of your roof. All of those things happened when I put Christmas lights up this year, and it fucking sucked. Fucking sucks. Sending Christmas cards, man, as fun as that is, it also kind of blows. I hate sending things in the mail. Oh, no. I I, I don't do them. I I won't send them. (laughs) No. Nope. I I was talking about this the other day with somebody, and um, I'll send a text to the people (laughs) I wish to wish a Merry Christmas to, okay? And everybody else is in the dark about my life. For another year. And that's just how it's going to go. Listen, I pay for a phone plan. Why am yeah, I not going to use it? True. Yeah. You know, you expect me to pay more on cards that you're just going to throw away? I don't think so. Mm, it's almost 2023. People aren't using snail mail. Yeah. Let's save this planet. Okay. Save a tree. Bah. Yeah. Humbug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That was the 12 pains of Christmas, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. And it was by this little guy named Bob Rivers. I've definitely heard the song before. Um, looking at it right now on my cellular device, I could see the cover art for this album. The flood doors are just wide open. Everything's coming back. I Flooding definitely back remember. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing this red-faced Santa Claus with the you know the ears plugging his ears and this just wild look on his face. He's kind of scary when you're a kid, but like looking at him now, I just I get it. Totally get he it. He kind of looks like a little drunk, I think. That yeah. Santa on the, on the album art. Between that and he kind of looks like the one from A Christmas Story. You know, the ho, oh, ho, yeah, yeah, yeah. ho. He kind of has that like cynical look on his face. Oh, big time. Big time. Um, all right. So in descending order from 12 to 1, here are the 12 pains of Christmas as detailed in the song written by Bob Rivers. Number 12, singing Christmas carols. Number 11, stale TV specials. 10, batteries not included. 9, finding parking spaces. 8, whining children. 7, charities. 6, facing the in-laws. 5, months of bills. 4, sending Christmas cards. I feel that. 3, hangovers. 2, rigging up the lights. And finally, finding a Christmas tree. I think that you and I can agree with uh, some of those on there, at least, that, yeah, very relatable. Yeah, majority of that, none of it's anything that I want to be involved in. Like, it sounds good on paper. You know, everybody wants that uh, classic Christmas, which majority of that stuff involves. It's tough. It's it's tough. It, it's it sounds great when it's all said and done, but like the doing part really kind of blows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now before we uh you know kind of move on, I, I just wanted to give you the backstory of Bob Rivers and like how all of this came to be because it turns out this was actually this song was recorded in 
and released on my local radio station back in the day in oh, 1987. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, I actually talked about it uh, a while ago, I think, but, um, my local rock station that turned into a Christian station once it got sold out a couple of years ago, WAAF, uh, Bob Rivers. And I got all of this info from songfacts.com, by the way, because I, I did a deep dig and this is where all of the best information was. But he was a DJ on WAAF, which was based here in my hometown of Worcester, Massachusetts at that point in time. And he came up with uh, the song for his morning show, which was called The Bob and Zip Show at that point. Um, but he actually, you know, built a recording studio in his house and decided that he was going to like start making parody songs that they would play on his morning show. And they were like going over pretty well. Um, when he actually, you know, he was doing other songs. Like, I guess he did one based off of David Lee Roth's song, just a, uh, just a big ego that he called just a gigolo. So he was doing stupid <laughs> stuff like that. where He was just like doing song parodies. And I guess he was like pretty good at them. Obviously, because this song's kind of a banger. Um, But yeah, he came up with the 12 Pains of Christmas in 1986, played it on the show here at the local radio station, and it like went over so big that uh, Atlantic Records, I guess, commissioned an entire album from him. So Hmm. he ended up coming up with even more of these Christmas songs because this song was so popular. Um, And then... That album became Twisted Christmas, which is what you're talking about, where it's got that creepy Christmas story looking Santa on the cover. Yeah, very, very creepy, but uh, memorable, to say the least. Oh, yeah, big time. So that actually, that came out in 87. But yeah, so this all started the year before in uh, 86, because he just did it as a one-off gag for the radio show that was just local to my hometown. And it just like grew and grew and grew and got bigger, which is- very cool pretty wild to find out that that kind of happened in our backyard which is Mm -hmm. friggin wild so i always loved this song like as a kid just because i thought it was funny and it cracked me up and some of the people in the song sounded like other people on tv like the rigging up the lights guy sounded like george casanza to me and like the sending christmas cards guy he sounded like jack from will and grace and then the uh charities guy i think i i think i mentioned this once to you I can't not hear Stu's brother, Drew, from Rugrats. Well, now I'm never going to be able to hear it a different way. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I just love this song. It's so fun. It's so funny. And it, it like it never gets old. Definitely doesn't get old. Well, I can see some what looks like towns now from up here. I think we might got one song left. What do you think? I think so. Uh, why don't you hit it? Hit it. Give me All a good right. one to end this off. This uh, nice little trip. I think I got the perfect one. Love the California raisins. Nobody. And that's a damn fact. It Everybody is. loves the California raisins. Including us. 
So this song was featured in an animated Christmas television special, which aired on CBS on December 21st in 1987. You know what special I'm talking about, right? Oh, hell yeah. The Will Vinton Christmas special there. From front to back, I love this special so much. I mean, I love everything about it. I love the little skits between the dinosaurs and the whole wassailing thing. I just, I love it. But I don't think I love anything more than the California Raisins rendition of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And that, I mean, that's saying a lot because the special is a masterpiece, but this is like the best part of it for me. I don't know why I was always so intrigued by the California Raisins when I was a kid, but I really was. I remember having this little toy. It was like a, a PVC bendable figure. They, they did a lot of these for the, the Raisins. But I had one and he was pretty decent sized. He had orange sunglasses and I want to say he had like red and white almost converse looking sneakers on. I don't know where I got them, where he came from or anything, but I remember always hanging out with this little fucker all the time when I was a kid, just playing around with him and like he would join my turtles, he would join my my street sharks. So I I already feel like I have this kind of special bond or like this history with California raisins, even before I ever seen any of their commercials or anything like that. One Christmas my mom records this special and us kids are just hanging out watching it. You know, we're, we're sipping on our hot cocoa after a long day of sled riding or whatever we were doing for Christmas vacation. And I'm just lit up by surprise when I see this little segment with the California raisins. I'm just blown away because I've never really seen like a commercial or anything. I've never seen them in real action. And that's the kind of magic that Will Vinton's claymation has oh yeah absolutely uh, especially i mean it's got to be sort of like a toy story situation for you there yeah. where it's like oh yeah. i've been playing with this thing and all i know it is as a toy and now i'm seeing it come to life for the first time and be animated and jumping around and singing beautiful soulful music are you kidding me oh, this yeah. is a dream come true yeah, smooth jam nonetheless, for sure, uh, from Anthropomorphic Raisins. But a little bit about Will Vinton. He's this uh, American animator and filmmaker, most known for like his claymation creations and some other random things. And he did like uh, his studio produced a couple of claymations for Hey Arnold. They also did this other weird thing. I think it was like Huck Finn or Tom Sawyer or something Tom weird Sawyer. like that. Tom Sawyer. Oh my God. It's like the most haunting thing I've ever seen in my oh, life. Yeah. Yep. It's basically like claymation hell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that like he is making the most scarring things I've ever seen and also the most amazing things I've ever seen in the form of California raisins. The man was just a very talented, wide range. Huge range. The Noid from Domino's. That's him. Oh, I did not realize he did the Noid. That's oh, yeah. really cool. All those commercials. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, dude. Right. Um, how about Pizza Crunchabungas? You know anything about that? The old turtle snacks? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he's done uh, the, the commercial for Pizza Crunchabungas back in the day, which was amazing. You can tell when it is a Will Vinton claymation or animation as soon as you see it. Back to the, the California Raisins, I just love their positivity, right? So they they miss their bus, and not one of them's pissed off. You know, they immediately go into cracking jokes. So call me a cab. Hey, man, you're a cab. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And then they're just like hanging out on a snowy street, and they yeah. said, you know what we should do? Sing. Yeah, like, they yeah. do, man. Bust out yeah, into probably. a fucking Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
and what a rendition it is. I mean, yeah. so soulful, so wonderful. I, I, it's good. This is a good song. I'm into it. I really mm-hmm. like the vibes here. Yeah, it's very different from any other one that I've ever heard. And I'm willing to say that it is definitely my favorite one. I love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like the movie, the old uh, Rankin Bass or whatever. I, I love it, but this is just, I don't know, it goes a step above and beyond, I feel. Uh, okay, the only thing I will say is, and it's nothing against this, because this is great, but The Simpsons... Did such oh, yeah. a takeoff on this. Like, yep. I can't not watch this Rudolph and not think of that Simpsons episode. It's actually, uh, I looked it up, season 15, episode 7. Uh, they do this bit where it's called Oh Pruny Night. Pruny and they're just doing a, a complete ripoff of the California Rays. Yeah. It's just making fun of them. And they're called the California Prunes. Yeah. And so they're just singing Oh Holy Night, but they're just talking about how you should buy prunes for Christmas <laughs> and your grandmother loves prunes and everybody should love prunes. And they're just doing this. Like it's claymation in the episode and everything it, it within the actual episode is called the 1986 classic christmas with the california prunes and that always cracked me up too but uh when it finishes lisa's like this is offensive to both christians and prunes, and prunes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always stuck with me like i can't think of the california raisins now and, and not be yeah. like raisins are offensive to christians and blah blah i don't know it's just it, it cracks me up Oh, yeah, it's so good. So now I love towards the end here, they all make this sleigh out of a recliner, like this random lazy boy is just out in the middle of the street, and they make this kind of makeshift Santa sleigh. And you think when they start moving that they're going to go in through this tunnel, but out of fucking nowhere, they just start floating off into the air, and the very last, like, five seconds is them just, like, a silhouette of them going across the moon, and it's just, it makes... Absolutely no fucking sense, but I love it. It's so weird. It looks like they're like moonwalking across the moon. Like, so literally moonwalking. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's perfect. It's that's the perfect way to end that. And speaking of ending that, it kind of looks like we're almost to the ground here. Well, boys, you played some fantastic tunes, but this trip is just about over for you. Well, I, for one, had a blast back here, and I normally hate flying. <laughs> Well, I'm glad someone in this sleigh had a good time. What is that supposed to mean? Yeah, I thought you said you liked the tunes. What gives? No, no. The tunes were excellent. But Drac was right. You two really just pretended to podcast the entire time. All 4,800 miles. Kinda awkward. Didn't we just get dissed by Santa Claus? Well, boys, here you are. As much as I'd love to stay in chat, I've got an awful lot of deliveries left to make before the night is over. Wait, Santa, before you go, I just have one wish for this Christmas. If you go check underneath the tree, I'm sure you'll find everything you've asked for. No, well, it's something I didn't ask for in my letter. You see, it's Derek. He's always kind of wanted this, uh... A what? (sighs) A Charlie Brown ending. I've always been too nervous to ask, but the timing, it finally seems right. (sighs) All right. But you can't tell anyone I ever did this with you. Deal!
two are crackheads. Lights, please. And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. Sky Daddy.